Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Matt, we are here to talk about spam, and we're joined by one of your friends, so I'd like yes. you to introduce our guest, but also, I need to give a quick spoiler alert. I have probably over the last five years become such a giant REM fan, like retrospectively, so yeah. I am so ready to just go on every REM-based tangent that we can on this episode, but who is our guest this week? There's a lot to talk about, and I'm very, very happy we have this guest. An old and dear friend of mine, an amazing uh, singer, musician, visual artist, dancer. I mean, Mike, you, you do it all, don't you? Olive Hui. Did I pronounce your name properly there? Is that okay? Yes! Yes! yes. <laughs> it's so good to have you, Olive. Thank you so much. Uh, Olive's been listening to the show, and I know by, uh, not to blow up your spot right away, but I know that you don't have like a ton of background with Weird Al in general, but I think our no. show kind of fascinated you about him, and that's what led <laughs> yes. you here, right? Which makes me so happy. I know happy. nothing. I love that. I, I mean, honestly, for me, one of the things that really inspired me and made me so excited to do this in the first place was the idea of helping other people see what I see in him as an artist and as a uh, incredibly talented singer, musician, performer, and but more than anything, this like really uniquely like American artist. So the idea that people are discovering Al through this show blows my mind. So thank you so much for yes, uh, thank you for yes, coming this, on to talk about for, him. Is this two people <laughs> that we directly know became Al fans because of the podcast? Because I know yeah. you're a keyboard player also, right? The keyboard player from Weedus, who was only vaguely aware, um, Brandon went uh, listened to our show and was impressed enough that he bought a ticket to see Al, <laughs> to see Al on his live. last tour and uh, had an amazing time. So yeah, all of that just blows oh, my Brandon. mind. And I just, I can't wait for uh, Al to start uh, sending me uh, my share of the royalties. Yes. <laughs> well, I am a fan of whatever Matthew does. Oh. So when I discovered his podcast, I mean, I obviously know Weird Al who sure, he yeah. is. But the fact that he just does his thing and then... It's over. And then who who are the people that are analyzing it, putting it together <laughs> and <laughs> talking about every song? So yeah. this is genius. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. Oh, thank you. So what made you decide to go with spam? <laughs> <laughs> I was checking with Matthew about, was it a month ago? Where yeah, are you guys that. at right now? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I found out um, which album you're talking about. And there are maybe three or four songs that you haven't done yet. Yeah. And I listened to all of them. <laughs> when I heard Spam, I'm like, oh, this one. Oh, wait. So <laughs> Obviously. This, oh, so I need to really clarify this. 
you are this you have not even heard spam until recently like this wasn't like this was one song that kind of like existed no. in my memory so this is completely no i'm like fresh. chasing this chain <laughs> this train of podcasts i'm like where are you guys at? and i hop on it okay I and love, i just I listen it. i was like this is simple this i understand this yeah <laughs> so okay well then we'll start here then uh, i already said this early on but what what are all of our independent feelings of the group rem yeah so i mean th- this is a great I had to double check myself on this because I think we've referenced it before, but this is the first time Al references R.E.M. as of this moment four times in his career. So Al, he does this direct parody of Stand. He will later do a style parody called Frank's 2000-inch TV. And two polkas. Uh, and And they're... REM songs appear in two different polkas. He does Losing My Religion and he does Bang and Blame um, later on. So Al clearly is an enormous R.E.M. fan. I think that is a strong contender for the artist he has referenced the most times Hmm. in his entire career. I'd have to check the numbers on that, but it's got to be very close. Yeah. Um, And and personally, I get it. It's funny, in a previous episode, I referenced that I thought Al had the taste, the music taste of like an indie record store employee, which I used Mm -hmm. to be. So I'm very in tune with that vibe. And R.E.M. absolutely checks out for that. They are like one of these bands that started really small in this like indie college radio band that very cool hip music people knew and liked and then managed to transition into this like big pop success career in this crazy way without really ever fully betraying their roots. No, or their also met- sounds like R.E.M. Yeah. <laughs> they also met at an indie record store. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they absolutely did. They absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love R.E.M. And I totally get why Al likes them so much. Like it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and at the time this song came out, this was when this came out, this was the biggest hit that they had had to date. And am I wrong in thinking that this is also it's like this and Shiny Happy People are probably the two biggest hits that they, the band, do not like that much, right? Like I, <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be true. I mean, so I in my little bit of research on this song, Stand, when it, so there's, uh, talking about like some indie record store fun, the album that this song is on is called Green, uh, the R.E.M. record that has this song on it. The fun sort of urban legend is that they named the album Green after all the money that they were going to make. making these like the most commercially viable songs that they had done to date prior to this the only song they had that was a top 10 hit was the one i love that was on the record before this Mm -hmm. then the album after this has losing my religion which of course was that's the Mm -hmm. biggest song they've ever made where was it's the end of the world as we know it or did that just not is that not as big of a hit at the time it came out as it became later it's the end of the world as we know it was on Document, which is yeah. also has the one I love. It was the album prior to this. But again, funny. Now you think about it in retrospect. The one I love. Uh, sorry. The end of the world as we know it did not do that well. Uh, <laughs> it it peaked at number 69 on the charts. OK. Um, and only really, I think, became a big song for them in hindsight. I think it became a fan favorite and now feels like a hit, even though it actually really kind of wasn't. I I also feel like it was probably one of those situations where R.E.M. really, R.E.M. I feel like had their biggest career peak in the 90, early 90s during the grunge era. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. that it was an easy song for MTV to pull the video back out of the archives and start playing on a more regular rotation as well. That's that's true. It probably did come back. And I know a lot of their like their earlier songs 
which you know fans would know now like radio free europe or driver eight or any of these like early songs of theirs that are now very beloved but at the time again they were an indie band on irs right like they were not doing well yeah they were touring doing this small sort of college radio circuit and it really was not until i mean you can make the argument again documents the album before this had the one i love which did chart very well for them that was the start of them moving into uh some serious uh you know mainstream radio success Anyway, that's a long way around to say that I love R.E.M. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I will be much more brief and just say, yes, I really like <laughs> R.E.M. Uh, I would say that the the time period when they were at their career peak is also my favorite era of R.E.M. I enjoy mm-hmm. Murmur and a lot of the early records, but really document up until, I would say even like the early 2000s, I felt like they could do absolutely no wrong. There's some like truly phenomenal albums i'm a big defender of monster which i think i always see as one of the more lower rated rem albums critically right. but i love that album so i'm excited uh eventually we're going to talk about bang and blame on a yeah. polka and i will yeah. absolutely sidetrack us for at least a five minute conversation <laughs> about the album of monster when we get yeah. there but Please ha- do. but how about you olive where, where are you with rem i what i love about them is knowing the origin of how everyone got together and like so-and-so suggested you should like play together and then they're keeping it so small um i think in the beginning they play shows for a couple hundreds people or a thousand people and it was not a thing where the rest of the country know and i just get really excited knowing like how the the beginning of how band starts yeah. Um, of obviously, losing my religion is probably what I knew mm-hmm. when I was younger. First, I did not know about Green. Yeah. That was that's funny because they hop on a bigger label and they think that yes. this is the time to make something green. Yeah, they were on IRS and then they moved to I think Warner, Warner Brothers. Right? Yeah, yeah, Warner Brothers picked them up and uh, yeah, you know, as Matt pointed out, it's funny. This is a little bit early, but you could tell because this is uh, 1989. Uh, the grunge movement has not fully started yet, but you can tell that the gears are moving in a direction here where like the, the music world is changing and R.E.M. coming up when they did. Um, Warner Brothers clearly saw it coming. Yeah, they signed well, them in 1989. They knew that this was uh, we were moving in a new direction musically. I think mm-hmm. it's also I always give a lot of credit to. Well, there's three bands that I feel like somehow survived the grunge uh, when when, you know, the first opening chords of Smells Like Teen Spirit murdered every other form yeah. of rock and roll that was happening. Yeah. There's like three bands that somehow not only just held on, but like were as critically successful and commercially successful as ever was obviously REM was already long established, U2, and somehow mm-hmm. Aerosmith. Um, right. <laughs> like yeah. it's very baffling by those three. But. REM and U2 at least make a little bit more sense because there's so many elements of 80s REM and U2 that you can see as like the breadcrumbs that lead to like a Nirvana and a Pearl Jam. Aerosmith was just total random happenstance. It was like, look, dads also need rock music to listen to during the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so, but well, I was, I was going to say as well, it's also very, I don't know if this was calculated or not. It probably is just a coincidence. But the fact that in 1991... 
R.E.M.'s big hit is Losing My Religion, which has nothing in common with Nirvana or the grunge yeah. scene at all. But then it's you like get they actually they, they moved. Well, yeah, yeah, but they moved in this direction that actually really worked for them at that time. Like it they didn't just sound like another Nirvana band, which a lot of bands that had existed before Nirvana. It's this this is a whole we can make a whole other podcast talking about this subject matter because it's really interesting. But these bands that predated Nirvana by many years suddenly sounded were like accused of being Nirvana ripoffs. Yeah. Even though Nirvana, even Kurt Cobain by his own admission was like, oh, I borrowed a lot from the Pixies and from Mudhoney and from the Jesus Lizard and all these bands that now suddenly are like, oh, yeah, uh, more bands that sound like Nirvana. Those guys must have been pissed. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I think a part of it was that a lot of those bands got better record contracts because yeah. Kurt Cobain liked them. Like That's true. in no that, that, other world were the butthole yeah. surfers or Daniel Johnston getting a major record label <laughs> contract. Yeah, no, he, he did try to elevate people to the best of his ability, but it's often the case. And, you know, funny to bring it back to R.E.M., there's a band I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with or listeners, but there's a band called Big Star. Yes. Um, that are this uh, a, a band that came up around the same time as R.E.M. that. Big star. Big star. They yeah. they folded very early. It's two main songwriters in that band. One of them was uh, Chris Bell, and the other was Alex Chilton. Yeah. And they basically are one of those tragic stories where they had all of the markers of a band that was going to become enormous, and it just did not happen for them, and yeah. they fell apart. And there's it like was... three songs everyone probably knows by Big Star without yeah. knowing that it's Big Star. Uh, Thirteen yeah. has been covered by like every indie band in history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, their song "In the Streets" became the uh, that '70s show theme song. The theme to that '70s show, yeah, <laughs> that's big star. That's right. Yeah, but, and then but, uh, "Ballad of El Goodo" I think is the yes, other one that a lot of artists have covered yeah. since. Um, but REM back in the day would do shows opening for Big Star, like they had a lot in common musically. And and everyone at the time, REM said this. There's a documentary about Big Star that's really interesting. But REM themselves said they were like, there was no world where we thought we would become bigger than them because yeah. <laughs> they were so much better like by R.E.M.'s admission like they were a better band and it's just one of those like sometimes you can do everything right and it just doesn't the it just doesn't the pieces don't fall in the same way and they it worked out for R.E.M. really well but Big Star unfortunately did not get that that lift the I way that R.E.M. did worlds, I did not know that their two worlds collided I'm a huge Big mm -hmm. Star fan and a big R.E.M. fan but I never yeah knew yeah I know yeah, uh, Big Star and R.E.M. had a, <laughs> had a lot of uh, and you can hear it in the music too right they oh, definitely yeah. had this very similar aesthetic and uh, uh, yeah Big Star a band worth checking out if you are uh, listening to this show mm -hmm. highly recommend well the last sometimes the, yeah. the last thing I want to mention uh, even though it has nothing to do with 1989 at this point but obviously because Matt and I have a very shared sense of humor, you can't listen to the song Stand and not think of the opening credits to uh, the Chris Elliott classic TV series, Get a Life. Uh, so also, just quick shout out to that show. Just watch it. It's a crazy good show. That is a great show. I, I was reminded <laughs> of that doing research for this, uh, and I had forgotten all about it. Um, there's also a really, really amazing, like one of the funniest gags in all of the series, Parks and Recreation is based on this song where uh, Ben loses his job and decides, he's like, it's fine, I'm gonna just enjoy my hobbies. Oh, and he claymation. tries to make a claymation music video to this song, and he only gets like two seconds into the song before he <laughs> runs out of, he can't do it anymore, and it's just absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, no, this is a great, and you know what? To bring it back to where we are with Al now, the thing that makes this song so great, and it's what I'm, I love that Al parodied it, is that the song Stand, 
is pretty dumb. Yes. It's a pretty dumb <laughs> song that he heard. And by, uh, I, I saw a quote, by R.E.M.'s own admission, their guitarist Peter Buck described it as, without a doubt, the stupidest song we've ever written. <laughs> um, and and the, I, the I feel like they're very earnest at the time. I know, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing about this song is, I, I, I'm talking about the R.E.M. version, Stand, mm. is that it has this air of like, there's more to this lyric than you realize, like that there's some hidden meaning behind the song. But I do also feel like you look at the lyrics very closely and you're like, I don't know what. <laughs> no, I'm not sure that there is. I, I don't know what like I, I think that I found another quote here that said, um, well, first of all, that they were trying to do um, something that was in the style of 60s pop groups. They wanted to make something that sounded like the Monkees or the Archies. Which nailed um, it in that Which sense. that, yeah, the vibe of that is really, really great. But there was a quote from Michael Stipe saying it was about, um, if there was any deeper message, it's about um, making decisions and actually living your life rather than just letting it happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, I get that. I can see that. But but even, it, it's so, it's designed to be earwormy, catchy, where you don't actually really have to think about it too much to just enjoy this lyric and melody. You You know it. On one listen, you know this song, you know. But but I also want to pull a Yankovic quote real here, real quick too. Yankovic yeah. actually noted that this song was very fun to pick apart uh, and figure out the almost what he referred to as subliminal. Oh my god, I'm subliminal parts. <laughs> god damn it, uh, the <laughs> parts that fade in and out. There's little bell sounds and things that you yes. really never notice on the very first listen. So yes. I read that quote before I went to listen to this, and he's absolutely. There's so much weird, quick things just hidden in the background that he's replicating in his version of the song as well. Um, I mean, the backup, the 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 little like ham and pork, like yeah. the the one that I had to laugh at that I noticed that even uh, when I was looking at the lyrics on Genius, they didn't include this was the one line he says, "Think of the selection." Are there different flavors? The background vocals go, let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's another one, too, like, because in the REM version, all those little, like, vocal tags are there, but I can't make out what they are. In Al's version, you can make them out a little bit better. And uh, one of his is the, uh, you know, the think of expiration, better read the label. And after that, it just goes, oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all those little tags that he throws in. Is our, our I think he does the oh boy for a couple of them, but it's like, yeah, that little extra. It's um, so good. Yeah, it's great. It's great. There's I a- think it's because it's so, so simple. Like to me, the two songs almost mean the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I answer, um, <laughs> they both when I answer nothing. Matt that this is, this is the song that I'm going to do, I send Matt uh, a picture of all the spams you can find yeah. like, in the supermarket. And isn't that you making decision for your life? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all about you got to you can't let life happen to you, right? You got to pick your spam flavor and eat. The uh the internet loves this line. The tin is there to keep the spam in. Yeah. yeah. Oh if you look at a lot of the videos, people comment always the, that. It's, it's, it's well, the, the back yeah, and forth of it. The key is there to open the tea, the key is going to open the tin. The tin is there to keep the spam in. And there's yeah. another variation of it where he says something about the can. The tab is there to open the can, and the can is there to hold in the spam. <laughs> yes. That is like uh, a Primus lyric. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but but again, it, it mirrors that original one so well. Like it, it it's not um the because the uh 
the REM version of that is your feet are going to be on the ground and your head is there mm-hmm. to move you around. Yeah. Like it, it, he again, Al is so good at like matching the rhyme structure and the phrasing structure of the original song. It's not just changing the lyrics. He manages to like fit the form so well. And and yeah, again, it's like is his lyric any more meaningful than the one I just <laughs> read to you from the REM song? I don't really know. No. I, I, I like, it's a great example. I, we had said in a previous episode how I feel like Al doesn't like to, from everything we've seen, he might not mm-hmm. love to parody a song that's in already funny. Like right. if it's a song that has a sense of humor already, it's kind of like, well, maybe don't touch on that. Because how do you, like, it's then, as we've said, hat like a hat on a hat, exactly, it. exactly. <laughs> so you want to do something that feels very serious and self-important because then to make fun of it is just all the more satisfying and, and delightful. This song is is borderline self-aware, and it's I, I, it, it presents these lyrics in a very, very profound way, but I do feel like R.E.M., I mean, based on the quotes I saw as well, I think they also have a sense of humor about <laughs> that this song is maybe more frivolous than it, is designed to sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's one line that I don't like in spam. Which in spam? In, Which in spam. There's only one line that doesn't work for me. And it's now if there's something left, don't throw it out. Use it as spackle. And then there's a long pause. And he says, <laughs> or bathroom grout. Yeah. And I'm like, I that is the only part that a word that we throw around sometimes with the parodies. That's the only line that felt a little clunky to, <laughs> to a me clunky, in the whole yeah. song. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And, and, you know, also, it's just an interesting, like, in the world of what Al does, like, we've also said before, like, the, the parody choice that he would make that is, like, on the obvious side. And arguably this is. It's interesting to think about this, right? Like, I'm realizing my exposure to spam as a product, without a doubt, this is the first thing that I ever heard in my life yeah. about this product. I'm gonna say something to you that you have that I have never said on this show before, but you have said wait. a lot. Okay. Mm. I discovered this song on the food album. There I, you go. There I, you go. I did own the food album. It was one of the only like Al compilation albums that I had. And obviously, as we've established, the UHF soundtrack was not an easy one to come by. No, this is a tough record to find, yeah. Or it was. For so a while. I agree with you that I think yeah. I did not know. I think I had to ask my parents, what is spam? <laughs> like, so, I was so yeah. confused really? by it. <laughs> so it's funny because it's like, Obviously, this was a joke already. Like, if you looked into this, is uh, this is uh, one of my favorite types of episode to talk about? Is this where there's so many things for me to do research on in yeah. advance? <laughs> where I'm doing research on the history of REM, the history of Hormel, who made Spam, <laughs> and and Al's connection to all of it. And so, Spam goes back a long way from to the 30s. I think it was 1937. It came out, and it was, as best I can tell, immediately uh, a joke. To a lot of people, like it, there was like the the head of Hormel at one point said he kept a whole file of uh, hate mail <laughs> that he wow. got about spam. It's not Spe- from the vegan at the time. No, yes, uh, specifically from uh, uh, American GIs in the war because this was a common war product because it had a long shelf life. So they would ship spam to the military people at uh, you know on the front in World War Two. He said he got just like let, letter after letter after letter of abuse um, to which he said, if they think spam is terrible, they ought to have eaten the bully beef we had 
in in the war. So of course, every generation likes to say that you know, <laughs> shoot yeah. down other ones. Anyway, so I, I I had a moment where I was like, this must have already been in pop culture a little bit, but I don't know what other references to spam as a joke like this existed before Al did his version that clearly must have put it back in people's minds again, you know? Yeah, and I think that spam, it's tough for us because, again, we grew up at the same basic time where I am sure that spam was a regular punchline on some type of Saturday morning cartoon a la like a Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs, yeah. a Freakazoid, Freakazoid, Freakazoid like, yeah. Those those like WB kids cartoon Saturday morning stuff. There's no way that spam wasn't like a regular punchline. I guess it, I guess it was. Going back to another previous episode, we talked about how like everyone thought that hernias were hilarious <laughs> for yeah. a, a chunk of time. Like it was just so funny really? to be injured with a hernia. Uh, and that's just obviously no one thinks that anymore. Um, Olive, did you have like yeah. was spam something you ate? Yes. Yes. So. In kindergarten, and mm-hmm. this is weird, I grew up in Hong Kong. We got into a line to learn how to cook in class in kindergarten, and what we made was rice and spam. Huh. There you go. I, I had. I was three or maybe four years old. I had saw that spam since it came out has done exceptionally well in Asian countries, <laughs> and also it is like one of the most popular meats available in Hawaii. Yeah, I was about to ask, what is the connection? I don't know. Oh, I mean, so again, if we're talking about military, obviously during World War II, there was a big U.S. military base in Hawaii, so they probably shipped a lot of it there. Um, and uh, to this day, if you go to a, a McDonald's or Burger King in Hawaii, you can get a burger made of Spam. Um, it is and often... <laughs> it is Yeah, I don't know. Um, and actually on menus there, apparently you will actually see something referred to as Hawaiian steak. And that is Spam. <laughs> Whoa! Hashtag Hawaiian steak. Hawaiian steak. Uh, I've never <laughs> been to Hawaii, but if you go, if you're making a trip this summer, maybe consider looking for a Hawaiian steak on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I read that there are two songs about spam by by Al. Al. But yeah, but I either didn't find it, couldn't find it. Yeah. Did you, you know see this, Matt? I do know. No. Did you see this? No. What's so, the other one? So Al. So it wasn't a real song. He Al will occasionally on live shows do a live show only parody or like a a medley of like quick parodies and back in the it must have been this was before this it was in the uh, 80s um he did a parody of uh hollow notes man eater and he called it spam eater spam eater i did (laughs) i did hear about that but but it was literally just um a live show it was just it was just in a live show and the whole the extent of the parody was uh I think it was like, oh, here she comes. Oh, she likes that processed meat. <laughs> She's a spam eater. And then it moved on to the next That's thing. It. That yeah. was the whole parody. So uh, That's enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe he couldn't. He was like, yeah, I'm not sure I got a whole song <laughs> worth of spam references at a man eater. But um, but this one, he certainly does. Yeah. And he, this he nailed. I, I really think that this song, it's this is going to be another one of those ones uh, similar to what we said about uh, Here's Johnny. It's so hard for me to separate how much I just genuinely enjoy the song Spam when it or Stand when it comes stand, on. Yeah. Like, yeah. but this uh-huh. is really this is such a fun, goofy parody that that he was able to concoct. Out it's of, super fun. Out of chaos. And, and and it has also resonated with people. You know, we've been talking about you haven't been privy to this olive, but this particular album we've been talking about uh-huh. seems to have not 
it didn't really resonate with many people when it came out. It didn't do that mm-hmm. well for him. And the movie. And the movie also did not do that well. Did it you talk a, about the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It became a classic after the fact. Side note, another funny thing, like, I have to say, weird. I don't think there is a single spam reference in all of the movie. No. Uh, it's and talk about another easy thing to throw in. Yeah, like, he's already I, I, eaten the Twinkie, the Twinkie he's, Wiener. He's having sandwiches. Twinkie Wiener sandwiches, but he's not having spam. I I don't get it. Um, but but anyway, this song really did stick for him and became a favorite. Now maybe it became a favorite more because it appeared on the Food album. Matt. That that's possible. That that that's a, a compilation that came out later with all of his you know food related parodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might have played a part, but if you Google this song compared to everything else that we have talked about on this record, <laughs> I Google this, and one of the first hits I had was how Weird Al's song Spam nearly killed my brother. So, so naturally, I clicked on that I was going to say, you watched that video, right? <laughs> what happened? Uh, and it's a story from uh, the, a woman in Canada talking about how her brother loved Al so much and heard Spam and just thought it was hilarious and insisted that his mom buy Spam for him because he wanted to try it. She bought him a can of Spam. He made his own sandwich to bring to school, but apparently he microwaved it in the morning, assembled it, but then left it in his locker for like hours and hours and hours before he actually ate it. And he oh, got terrible, no. terrible food poisoning. Oh, oh no. no. From I thought you said he put the can in a microwave. Oh, no, he, he didn't microwave the can. That it. also would have been very dangerous. Uh, no, he did take it out of the <laughs> out of the can. But um, uh, but he got very, very sick. Um, and this person uh, <laughs> managed That's to get... That's very indirect to blame. Elf. I know, I know. It's a, it's a real <laughs> clickbait headline. But this person did manage to get this story to Al in anticipation mm. of like a show he was doing there. And Al's response was... First of all, I'm very sorry, and I certainly never intended for anybody to actually eat this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny, because Matt, literally, as I was preparing for this episode, I had the thought of, one of these days, we're going to be in the same area, and maybe we should do an Instagram Live where we just eat every food that Al has ever referenced. It would be yes. really interesting because I, I, I have never in my life had Spam. I I'm, also I'm never, never done it. Educate me. How many, uh, name all the food. Is it like the Hungry Caterpillar? Oh, there's so many. I mean, we've, we've uh, well, okay, so uh, in terms of stuff we've right talked about so far, yeah, my Bologna. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. has uh, addicted to spuds. That's an easy one. Potatoes, we can, that's, that's no problem at all. Um, if we go forward in time, lasagna, I mean, we yeah, got lasagna. We talked there. about lasagna. We got to get something on a rye or a Kaiser roll. The, the, the rye or the Kaiser. Rocky Road um, ice cream. Rocky Road ice cream. Thank <laughs> oh, you, Matt. Now right. you're going. Yeah, that's um, just where we're at right now. <laughs> see, yeah, exactly. See, a lot of these are easy. Like it's like, oh, I have to go on Instagram live and eat Rocky Road ice cream. That's no problem for me. Yeah, <laughs> the spam and the and uh, uh, I think we talked about the. Baloney. I yeah. have not had that since I was a child, and I don't really feel like I want to. But um, <laughs> I mean, but I would for I, for our listeners. For I one slice of baloney, I could. I I think the same thing. I think we're not going to yeah. sit there and eat a whole can of spam. We're just going to open it and take a bite. And exactly. Rate, that's what we should do. Yeah. We should Is rate it... the foods. Ooh. <laughs> there, that could be fun. That's a that's a fun uh, side side. Uh, Side quest for us. <laughs> Is it a secret that the fruit that Matthew doesn't like? Have you ever talked about it? I, you know, it's so oh, funny. Oh, you kept it off air. It's so funny you're saying that, Olive. I have not talked about it on this show yet. And mm. next week's episode, I'm going to have okay. to. I have Save to. Save it. Save it, you guys. So, 
Oh, tune in. I think I know what it is. And tune I think in next I'm, week. I, I might be on the same. Uh, I, I think we may agree on this. Tune in <laughs> next week for a. Because uh, we've been on tour together and we got a, a warning. This is as much of a teaser for a future episode as we've ever done. <laughs> yes. Uh, when when Weedus goes on tour, you have something called a rider, which you give to venues, which is like a request for what you need technically and also like snacks for the green room and all that stuff for when you're there. And our the Weedus Rider has a very specific Sucks. in all bold disclaimer that says absolutely no this product. This and we are going to talk Ooh. about it next week in conjunction with the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. But it's a pretty tangential connection. So let's see if people can guess in advance. I'm actually really this is a this is a great Thank you, Allah, for referencing that. It's funny, just before we started this, I thought to myself, like, oh, I'm going to have to actually come clean about something here. This is about right? to happen. So It's about so, time. So it's coming. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. For this song, there's something he does in the lyrics to this song that I find really funny, which is that the the singer of the song seems to have a really love-hate relationship with this product because they will they keep talking about how great it is, but then they are constantly saying things that are not great about it at all. Like okay, please quote. So, you know, like one of those like um the sort of taglines at the ends, like he will say, like, it's the best. Uh, he clearly eats it every meal of a day, really makes a darn good sandwich any way you slice it at all. Um, but then he refers to it as mystery meat. Um, yeah. He, I, again, carry a thermos to help wash it carry, down. Carry a thermos to a wash it down. That does not imply that it's particularly delicious. <laughs> it's um, very caring. <laughs> ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, something I never noticed before on the lyrics of the song until this time that I love is on the in one of the early choruses, he says, think about the stuff it's made from, wonder if it's mystery meat. And then later in the song, he says... To the second to last chorus, he says, uh, think about the way it's processed. I wonder if it's some kind of meat. So within his own song, he has actually gone down a level for thinking, is it mystery meat? And now he is questioning whether it's meat at all. <laughs> now he has no idea what this actually is. This is just something. He has established that he uses it for, as you said, Matt, for spackle or bathroom grout. Yeah, it's... Um, well, and then he also says, once you start, you can't put it down. 
Don't leave it sitting or it'll turn brown. Or it'll turn brown. Uh, well, that's a warning for the locker. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the locker kid should have known that. You're right. You're exactly right. Uh, he, some Al fan he was. Didn't yeah. even read the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Think about um, think about addiction and wonder if I'm a junkie, let's eat. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say that a spam is the only thing he would eat from then on. Uh, no, apparently it was like a weird addiction. It was a one and done. He didn't get addicted. He tried it and it and it almost, it almost killed, killed him. him. Yeah. Almost killed him. My God. Also, hold on a second. I want to go back to that story. Ballsy move <laughs> in the world of I want to try this. Like, I am. <laughs> I'm not a very adventurous eater. I will be the first to say that. Sure. But I am certainly not an adventurous eater in the circumstance of taking it as my school lunch where I have no backup plan if I hate it. <laughs> you know, like, 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 well, he loved Al so much. He just knew. He's like, there's no Al, way I'm going to hate could, this. Yeah, Al couldn't have Al wouldn't me steer me wrong. <laughs> He loves this product, and so do I. Uh, you know, he clearly this is, didn't pay enough attention to the lyrics. No, he of clearly this song did not. All. He did not understand satire. This is also um, shortly after this. I don't think at this point mm-hmm. the numbers line up. But Al has Al became vegetarian and has been vegetarian now for many, many years. I was going to ask you about that since this song. This since after well, the song. This predates his vegetarianism, I think. But boy, this certainly makes you want to become a vegetarian. Some of the lyrics of this song are really not, uh, do not make you want to eat uh, spam. I love how the magic of L is you can see, you can read it as it is. Mm-hmm. Like it, I really love the, the audience uh, comments, participation. Yeah. It's like what it means to them. Yeah. Sometimes it's literal. Sometimes it's about the rhythm. Sometimes it's about the original song mm-hmm. and and sometimes it is just about. I I read something like uh, a man said that he had a really bad fight with his wife after the honeymoon period ended, and then <laughs> they decided to go see the film and to see um, UHF. Yeah, and that's just like make the relationship better. <laughs> they just sat there and crack up and laugh. Oh, I love. So that. it's like kind of like their own nostal- nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, experience. totally, totally. He, um, you know. And just to do like Al themes for a moment, this song covers a couple things that he loves to revisit. One of them is someone who is addicted to something that makes no sense. Like Mm. someone who is obsessed with something that does not warrant obsession at all. Um, And even we just referenced addicted to spuds does a similar thing. Oddly, being addicted to potatoes makes way more sense to me than being addicted to spam. But... But it's, it's this like unnatural right. obsession. This is a weirder one than any of those, right? Because yes. like I love Rocky Road and yeah. Addicted to Spuds, both are just. It's not even up to question. It is a person who is in love with this product so much that they have to sing about it. Yeah. Even if we go away from food, it's like Velvet Elvis. Yeah. Or like there's all these things that but he like loves you to said, reference. This yeah. one, it's like very mixed message. Like, very does he messages. love this or is it? Because I, I I feel like, I mean, we're not going to get too crazy about this road that I'm about to take us down. Oh, let's but, take it. But but isn't spam sometimes also like looked at as like the food that you get when you're like kind of in a lower 
income situation. Absolutely. So yeah, is no, it, it is more about a, like the trapping, like a person who theoretically through a certain lens, this is a song about a very poor person who's trying to convince himself that he loves spam more than he does. It, it is a cheaper. <laughs> oh, that's definitely yeah. a, a point of view. You're, absolutely. It's a cheaper product. It has a really long shelf life, which is why people get it. You can sit in a, in a cabinet for a really long time. For years. I think, um, I think it's years a and long years and years. Time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's funny, I just referenced it casually, but it actually does have a lot in common with Velvet Elvis in that that's another song about someone who is yeah, trying, to like ju- trying to justify an obsession <laughs> yeah. with something that's kind of ruining their life. <laughs> right? Like, this is bad. Like, this person is admitting he has a problem. He says, describes himself as a junkie and an addict. Yeah, no, this is not good. No, <laughs> this, is a, this, guy needs, no- this person needs help. There's no world where it's a good thing to eat spam as much as he's saying he eats no. spam. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I'm looking at the cans. Yeah. 15, uh, 25% less sodium. Come on. Oh, man. Uh, or light spam light. Then why eat it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just looking as well now. All the different, I should have done this in advance, all the different varieties of spam. Yeah, you're right. Chorizo. Less, less sodium. Hot and spicy. Turkey. <laughs> Jalapeno, hickory smoked teriyaki. Um, there's I mean, a, there's quite a few different varieties here. We're yeah, gonna really, if we ever do this food eating slash ranking, I I truly believe that we're gonna spend more time trying to decide <laughs> what is the can of spam we're willing to even put in our mouths. I for. mean, we might need to hold, do a whole separate one just going down no, the spam varieties. I think, I think exactly one forkful of spam will be more than enough. I will absolutely what if, need a thermos to help me watch it. <laughs> what if we? What love if we it. try spam and love it so much that we become an addict like this guy? That's so. This is this is going to sound dangerous. All right, now. so I'm about to tell a really <laughs> weird story, and let me start this story by this yes, by this uh, warning. Church youth group in the late '90s and early 2000s was a wild was the wild west of weirdness. Great. So we used to do uh it was actually really cool because it was not very religious at all uh but we would do a friday night coffee house on the first friday of every single month and it's kind of why my area had like a small local music scene for a couple years because it was like if you were a guitarist or or any type of musician who literally couldn't find like-minded musicians the first friday of every month you could go and find every other musician within like a 10 mile radius and like a lot of a lot of bands were formed. The way you're describing. Yeah, a lot of bands were formed from there. But we would do events to like make it something memorable. And the one What we, did you do? We did a spam <laughs> modeling contest where everybody was given a can of spam and a knife and toothpicks. And throughout the entirety of this three hour coffee house, they could take the can of spam, shave it however they wanted, and make little model statues, and then they would win like a gift card and like a year's worth of free drinks at the coffee house for the best <laughs> model that they were able to carve. And Do you it, have photos? Uh, no, this was literally oh. like 20 years ago. Um, but I do remember that the room that we held this coffee house in stank of spam for months <laughs> afterwards. Like you could not- Because escape. there's a piece that is in the corner. <laughs> it's just, well, it's cause it's like, I hate this. This is why I've never tried spam. It's like gooey <laughs> like yeah. when it comes out of the because I think it's sitting in like a Wait, water. Matt, you never tried spam. I never ever. No, tried that's it. I haven't yeah. either, Olive. I've never had. Wait, it. what? I know, I know, I know. That's what <laughs> we're saying. How many minutes in? <laughs> you just discovered this. No, never, never, never. I no. mean, I, I, it's uh, you know, and just to, uh, 
backtrack slightly on the history of this because I missed an obvious thing in terms of Al referencing it. The first reference I can find online of people who made fun of spam was, of course, Monty Python. Yes, the spam who had, spam, who spam had the spam song. bit in in uh, Holy Grail, and that makes total sense as an Al reference point, right? Like, of course, yeah. he would have seen Monty Python, and he would have like he would have latched onto this as another like great funny thing. Um, and you also, I checked, Matt. You are absolutely right, especially in the fifties um, and sixties. Spam had a real reputation for being food for people in poverty. Yeah, that was the primary like marketing like attempt, like. Apparently, they even uh, in parts of the world they use a t they used to use the term called Spam Valley, <laughs> which oh, no. actually described areas where people were poor enough that they lived on spam. You could see it in the sales like numbers for the product. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, wow. so in terms of the the message of yeah, this person being obsessed with something that is in theory okay. a, a a bad marker for who they, how they are is very. Uh, and another reference that I was going to make to like things that Al likes to talk about are these like really weird quirks of American culture. Yeah. And the idea of being mm -hmm. obsessed with spam as this like like the pride of eating this thing that you really have no business like that's a very American approach, I think, to this uh, to, you know, Al loves to, to talk about like the weird quirks and eccentricities of America. Yeah. And this is de definitely meets that criteria as well. And I feel like this we're podcast. nearing 100 yeah. years of spam. <laughs> I think yes, we are We are approaching 100 years of spam. Apparently, it continues to be very popular. They sell tons of it all the time. Uh, again, despite the fact that I have never eaten it, yeah. Matt has never eaten it. I don't. I feel like if I took a okay. poll... This feels like... Oh, we got to put a poll on the on roller the coaster. <laughs> and then, like, I've gone through one round of the roller coaster, and now we're back to the same thing. Yeah, like, there was the no one in but line, then we go so again. they just said, hey, we can go what a second do you time. Think that's, what do you think it tastes like? What do I think it tastes like? Because I now like? have this taste in my mouth and my mind now. I think it's going to taste like wet bologna. You know what? I will say, in my mind, the best case scenario, and this is a very regional reference that I know you will appreciate, Matt, is in best case scenario... I would hope that it would taste something like pork roll. Yes, I would say right? that. Like if pork roll, which is a Philly, New Jersey, just a uh, thing. like yeah. common, like breakfast, like a pork roll, egg and cheese sandwich. But pork roll is also a, like a processed, like yeah. kind of like just brick of not not in love with it. Yeah, I, everybody <laughs> I know. Look, I live with my family in general. They're all about scrapple. They're all about pork roll. There I am. Go. I am good to go on both of those. I am. I've had them. It is meat. what it is. You eat meat. Do you I eat do. I do, do eat yeah. meat. Um, yeah. But I, I've been really weaning myself off of uh, red meats in general. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to wean myself mm -hmm. off of porks because pigs are very yes, smart. Yes. Um. So now it's just yes. a lot of. I eat a lot of birds. I, <laughs> I eat a lot of chicken. I eat eggs. Yeah. Like, chicken, like fish. I wish seafood? I liked fish. I'm not a, the only seafood oh. I like is New England clam chowder, which I feel like barely constitutes seafood. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a soup. <laughs> <laughs> sea soup. I have to tell you that it's actually like not, it's not something I eat all the time. Maybe I ate it once in 2022. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ate spam this year, but a one way to try it really nicely is to eat a spam masuba, which is a Japanese sushi type food that's raw with seaweed and spam i saw that i saw that written somewhere like a, it's kind of 
delicate. It's kind of like nice. Apparently that's just don't eat a lot. Apparently that's also much. something don't they do a lot day. in Hawaii. Yeah. Like almost like a sushi roll version of a of spam with like rice and then the uh, like grilled or fried spam in the middle of it. I also um, think that my favorite sentence that's ever been uttered on this podcast is I haven't had spam this year. <laughs> 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 it's like yeah. I want to clarify. I'm not an addict here. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's probably not healthy. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's becoming like an icon food. Yeah. yeah no, it really is. I, I, another thing to point out because there's so many little things around this, and I just I want to make sure we mention everything. Um, <laughs> talk about a bad rep- a bad reputation for your product to have that we literally named unwanted emails. After, after this it. product. Yeah. <laughs> Did you already look it up? That's literally where connection? it came from. That's yeah. where it came from. It came Seriously. from the idea of like, this is something that nobody wants. Because <laughs> it's mystery meat. <laughs> that, that they decided to call it spam. Like, holy cow. Like, imagine the people at Hormel must have been like, oof, that hurts. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's sure nice they to have the names out there. While they're yeah. counting the dollars that they've I been know, making exactly, from yeah. Spam Valley every year. Yes. <laughs> and if we really want to, one more, if we really want to get bold, apparently starting in 2019, Seasonally, you can find at the store pumpkin spice spam. <laughs> now, I mean, like, I, 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 come on, like, now they're fucking with us, okay, right? There's so just no way. <laughs> here's my favorite thing about this, Matt. This episode is going to come out October 13th. Pumpkin spice spam is on the shelves. <laughs> Everybody, send us photos of you eating pumpkin spice spam. spam. I gotta see it. I need someone to do it. I'm gonna see if so, I can find it. I'm gonna be out of the country, so I don't know what I'll, uh, how much I'll be able to find. But this is, this if is I see real. it on the shelf, if I'll you be find sure it in to Europe. text you a picture. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I think in Europe. So what's the yeah, spam? Find it in Europe. Apparently, in Europe. it is also like in America, in the United Kingdom, it had a similar reputation. It is still popular. It's oh, still yeah, sold. Still. I was gonna say, so Monty but, Python wrote a song about it. I guess exactly. it's available in the UK. Hilariously, <laughs> I'm actually skeptical. I feel like I'll definitely find spam the thing that they don't have over there as much as pumpkin spice. Yeah. <laughs> That's very American. So I don't know That's if right. they're going to have pumpkin right. spice. You're going to have flavored. to wait until next year for your pumpkin spice. Spam, oh, Matt. brutal. You got to plan your tours better. Wow. <laughs> in the UK, they start celebrating Christmas. They do. In October. They do because they don't have a Thanksgiving like we do. So they just jump straight to Christmas. Hey, I do that in yeah. my house too, so that's yeah, totally there you go. acceptable. <laughs> in um, my eyes. Your decoration. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to mention one more thing, another just spam reference really quick that I liked, which is no one knows the origin of the name exactly, uh, uh-huh. or no one's sure what it means. The best guess I saw is that someone said it is short for shoulder of pork and ham, which is like the primary mm-hmm. elements of it. Ooh, Matt just had a look of total disgust in his yeah. face when I said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, But a common... Obviously not real, but people love to say the urban legend is that it actually stands for scientifically processed animal matter. <laughs> um, did you also? What? So, so I'm gonna. It, I feel like we're getting to the point where we do need to wrap things up and start we, doing yes, our rankings. Do. But I, I guess another hint to next week. Do you know where the Spam Museum is? Ooh, I, you know, I think I saw it in my research here, but I don't know where it is. Tell me, Minnesota. In Minnesota. Wow. <laughs> right That's next also... to arguably the biggest ball of twine. It's very close <laughs> it to the I mean talk right. about yeah, talk about a field trip for Al fans. You gotta you gotta make this pilgrimage. 
Um, and then the only other thing, because we do have to rank it, the only other thing I wanted to reference is I immediately thought, I watched the REM video for Stand that I had not seen in a long time. Do you, any either of you know this video mm-hmm. or remember it at all? Yes. It, it, uh, uh, people kind of hopping. Exactly. Yeah. It's people. And then I've also seen a live one where they're singing in it. Exactly. Uh, the the singer is like gesturing. Yeah. Yes. It does, it's like, not the one with the B-52s, correct? That's it's shiny, not the one with the B-52s. People. Okay. Yes. It's It's got this very awkward choreography that I think is intentionally sort of like, it seems like they're almost making fun of the very slick choreographed videos because it's these people standing on a compass and doing this like dance move thing, like, and then jumping around from north, south, east, west as the song goes on. But it opens with a spinning globe. Like the first shot mm-hmm, of the video mm-hmm. is a globe yeah. spinning. And I just, I'm watching this and I thought to myself like, man, this would have been such a perfect video parody for Al. Like just switch the spinning globe with a spinning can of spam. And yeah. then have the people doing the dance moves like with spam paraphernalia or dancing on top of like a can. Uh, and then I looked on YouTube and this very adorable, this very adorable looking family made it exactly the way I envisioned it. <laughs> and there's this so cute, a whole family singing spam uh, and doing the m- matching the choreography, but all wearing spam T-shirts and stuff. It is like wonderful. Baby shark. So good. So good. I um, I mean, we talked about this earlier that like the third official single released off this album was Isle Thing. And it should have been this huge mistake. It, it should have been, been spam. I don't know I what anybody <laughs> I can't was believe, thinking. <laughs> I can't believe this wasn't a single. Uh, I get why they didn't make a video for it because I think they were just totally tapped out on budget, as we established with the with UHF yeah. having not done as well as they hoped. Um, but but um, this as a radio single would have been big. Yeah, um, I think as a single, it would have done better than maybe anything else on this record honestly yes. and the fact that it remains like an al fan favorite says a lot because you know it's it, i remain fascinated to see how many al fan favorites actually really are that way just because they're great and like there was no no one helped you know no one helped make this a hit it was just or a, you know a hit for his fans this is just pure i'm going to um, take it to some place a little dark ooh do it just because i know where l is entp <laughs> <laughs> Matt Matthew, I'm calling you Matthew and Matt. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> Matt Kelly, um, that we're really into typing people's personality. Yes. <laughs> so he's extroverted, intuitive, thinking, and perceiving. Okay. So they like to fuck with people, oh, but yeah. in a good way, in a whole wholesome way. And looking at the lyrics, I don't know if you, either of you, have thought about that. I think he is actually talking about us. Oh, the- <laughs> that we, uh, you know, like the the tin is there to keep the spam in. Uh, the the key is going to open the tin. It's probably some kind of knowledge or self awareness. Oh wow! And we are the spam. We're the spam. <laughs> I, uh, oh, there's I love a part that. of me, man. I don't think Al has ever done a parody of his own parody, but. I think that in 2023, especially knowing that it, the origins of the email thing came from this, yeah. I almost want him to rewrite this song about junk mail. Like, yeah, right. Like, he, he, I mean, you're right. It could be so meta. You're you're absolutely right. And again, I think, like like you said, Olive, in a loving way, I think he loves to draw attention to and point out people who are have this these weird quirks and eccentricities. Yeah. I think Al is someone who loves people. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, 
there's certain artists and filmmakers, I, I often equate it to filmmaking because I feel like it's very just direct and obvious where like there's sometimes you watch someone's movie and you're like, oh, this person does not like people. Yes. Right. Everything about it is very negative. And then there's people who make really weird, especially like oddball stuff that tends to highlight um, the weirdest subsets of the population in a way that is not judgmental, but just showing these we bizarre, strange people that exist. I'm thinking of like John Waters or uh, Harmony Corinne. Yeah, I would even put uh, Wes Harmony Anderson Corinne sometimes does not like category. people. <laughs> who, sorry, who is that? I would put Wes Anderson in a similar category. He Wes really Anderson. loves to highlight eccentric humans. Yes, and in a uh, in a loving way, more so than way, Harmony Corinne. Harmony Corinne say, has yeah. a real edge to it. Well, like, yeah, I would say kids might not love people too much, yeah. but like <laughs> John yeah, Waters it, had a great quote about um i always remember this quote where he said someone asked him it was after the hairspray musical had like become this national phenomenon and then it became yeah. a giant movie and they said like you have the money and the acclaim like you could be living in new york or la why do you choose to stay in baltimore and he said in new york and la it's a bunch of normal people that think that they're strange but in Baltimore, it's a bunch <laughs> of strange people that think they're normal. And I really... I love that. And I, I think that that, that yeah. is, like, exactly what you get in any of his movies. Is like, these people are so weird, and they're so bizarre, and they're so mm -hmm. layered. But they are just living their life like it is... Yep. The normal the Monday normal through thing. Friday thing. And <laughs> like, that's and yeah. yeah, that's so true. And that's to to pull it back, that's what I see in Al. I yeah. see someone who likes to show these types of people and likes to draw attention, but it never really feels like he's like mocking uh, or anything. He's mocking them or belittling anybody. He is just Did you see his like a uh, caption in his on his Instagram mm -hmm. and you know he the way he thinks, he's actually very sweet and very organized. Oh yes. It's like He's not. I th I don't think he's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, no, we're I, yeah. We're super late to talking about this uh, <laughs> at the time that this episode comes out. But uh -huh. uh, obviously, the we're recording this episode uh, for a little peek behind the window. Uh, we're recording this early August. Uh, literally three days ago, Paul Rubens passed away. Right. Paul Rubens, yeah. mm -hmm. another prime example of someone who, like Al, so clearly just like loved people. Mm -hmm. Like I, mm -hmm. I have a friend who interviewed him for a documentary over a decade ago and for the last 10 years has gotten a birthday phone call and a Christmas card because he's like, he just loved people. Like if he liked, if he met you and he thought that you were a good person, he would try to just make sure that you felt loved and respected two days out of that. the year. Like, and it's like, I love that. that's, that's, wow. I, I see Al, I mean, we hear that from people like anybody who works with Al the story yeah. is always like he is always checking in on you after that. <laughs> like, yeah. So I waiting for my I email, Al. We've like talked a... about you almost a hundred times. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's just a matter of time, right? Yeah. It's definitely. I'm going to be so excited when you guys finally get to ask. All oh, the yeah. Questions. <laughs> um, Fingers crossed. Man. I, I see him as like a like a philosopher. Yeah. Like, in the future, they're gonna reference L like he is Aristotle or Plato. You know? <laughs> I I mean I've said it before that one of the most brilliant movie jokes of all time is History of the World Part One, where Mel Brooks plays a philosopher but plays a philosopher as a stand-up comic. Like there's so much to to digest from 
from that at the time period because he's right. The the modern version of philosophers in the seventies, eighties, and beyond is our stand up comics. There's a, yes. there's a real reason why like we get a better understanding of mental health issues through comedy than anywhere else. <laughs> like, Absolutely, and like what uh, Matt Matthew was saying about the. Watching a film, you know the director or the writer where they stand. Oh yeah, comedians too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some yes, of them just too. use this time to vent, and some of them really like. They want to connect. Yeah. People want to yeah, yeah, yeah get yeah, people yeah. together. I yeah. mean, that's, that's what made like Bo Burnham it, think, stuff right? so hard to watch, right? Like Bo yes. Burnham wants to connect so desperately that it almost fringes on like uncomfortable and creepy. Uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but that's a, I I hadn't thought of it. You you just said it better than I did. Like someone who wants to connect with people or someone who wants to push people away. Yes. It's like very two different styles and Al mm. clearly is always trying to bring people in with yes. what he with what he talks about. Well, yeah. Matt, I think we're at the ranking point here. Yes. And I cannot believe that I'm about to say that I'm putting spam so high on my list. <laughs> never it, never did I expect this to be a top 10 song, let alone just shy of my top 5. I put it at number 6. Between Like a Surgeon and this song is just six words long. I, I love it. And you know what? I'm going to put it not quite that high, but also higher than I expected at the top of this show. I love this. And as we also said, this is a great, it's just a fun, it's a classic Al parody. Everything about it feels just very quintessentially him. The R.E.M. song is so good. We didn't even talk about the end of this song that has like two modulations, two key changes up. Like it just is so celebratory. Yeah. And to do that, about spam also just makes it all the more fun and satisfying to me. Um, I am putting spam on my list um, in between just below. I think I'm a clone now and just above another song we referenced the uh, Rye or the Kaiser, right. another food song, but I do like this better than that. I think this is really, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this one. And really also this is a real nostalgia one for me. Cause as we talked about, I heard this early on with the food album and it, captured my imagination about spam not so much that i ever tried spam yeah but <laughs> but it did capture. are you ranking uh within just the album no across we're ranking uh the the parodies so songs where he's actually specifically parodying another song and then his original songs we do those separately so this is just ranked against songs where he parodied other songs yes i see yes uh, wow now olive i sent you an email um <laughs> which was Let me two, check my email. Yeah, which was two <laughs> screenshots of our guest rankings. Uh, Melanie is our number one song, and then all the way at the bottom, uh, Money for Nothing slash Beverly Hillbillies Asterix is our bottom song. <laughs> uh, and what we need you to do uh-huh. is tell us, amongst this list of songs, where would you put spam in relation to them? Wow, that's such a big job. <laughs> <laughs> And I love oh, it's going to get I, a little bit more complicated after that. But by by your own admission, I know you're not that much of a of an like you don't know that much about. Mm, Al, I don't know everything, and that yet. is totally <laughs> but, but it's totally fine. Went from I know nothing by, to I don't know everything. By all means, so I got education. By all means, judge this song against songs you have no idea what they are. Yeah, and just go <laughs> for it. Okay, um, it's going to be. I'm looking at the two screenshots, right? Yep. Two pictures. Yes. Ooh, okay. I I feel like we had a lot of fun talking about we it did. and it's like an endless <laughs> topic. You can you can uh we, we haven't even like talked too much about 
what I meant is it seems like a door that opens to more yes. possibilities. <laughs> it certainly I'm has. I'm going to put yeah. it uh, right before Hot Rocks Poker. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is weirdly where I just dropped it. I know, I love that. Yeah! Uh, so yeah, there we go. Perfect. So it's between Like a Surgeon and Hot Rocks Polka. All right, so here's a much more difficult thing <laughs> for oh your God. circumstance. Yes. Uh, looking at that list, with the songs that you do recognize from that list that mm -hmm. we've covered, uh, you can take any song that you think is either too high or too low and move it to a different spot on the list. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last one was from last week, right? Yeah, Not money for week, nothing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, last week. I feel like, wait, do I have to take it out of the whole thing? No, you just can move it somewhere else. So you can take oh. something and move it to the top. You can take something and move it to the oh, bottom. Oh, I would eat, eat it to the top. All right, eat, it's eat going. it above Melanie, yeah. yeah. There we go, all right, easy, easy peasy. Uh, well, Olive, <laughs> thank you so much. Clearly, we went an hour and five minutes talking about spam, which is hilarious because I don't think we're going to go an hour and five talking about the seven-minute-long biggest ball of Twine in oh, Minnesota next what a week. Great, what a great conversation. <laughs> thank you so much, Olive, for joining oh, us. I love this. being this, here. This, Thanks for the tour. Is oh there anything you want so to fun. promote real quick before we fully sign off? Is there anywhere people can go Ooh. to see what you're up to? So um, I am Pineapple O on all platforms. Pineapple. Oh, I'm in a band called Late Cambrian. The bass player is Matthew Milligan. Oh my God. Never heard of him. And, <laughs> <laughs> and pre your previous guest, uh, John Flaszewski. <laughs> and yes. uh, um, yeah, we ha we're a five piece. We, we play shows all the time and we're popping. <laughs> well, this one is not so much of a uh, advertising because it's we're going to play one of our Ben Nate's hometown. Yeah. Soon. That, it's going to be great. That will have happened yes. before this episode comes out. But, you know, when this episode does come out, we'll see if I'll, I'll tell Matt if we have something on the calendar and we can add it to the description and whatnot and make sure people know about it. Amazing. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm an actor, musician. Uh, thank you for Matthew saying that I'm a dancer. I, I, I guess I will be then. I mean, I've seen you do. I've, I've seen you do what I would describe as dance, like right, it, uh, um, or like performance, performance art, art type yeah. stuff. I don't know. To me, you are incredibly brilliant and talented. I've seen you do so many things, and they're always amazing. You, you're. Uh, Thank you. You're just incredible. So. Thank you both of you. This is so much fun. I'm going to start a podcast and have you guys on. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing it. Really, like, what a treat. This was great. listening to the Geekscape Network.